On this episode of Aka Education, Justin speaks with social media superstar Paige Zilba, whose TikTok and Instagram videos have earned her over 6 million followers. Justin and Paige talk a little beatboxing, a little songwriting, a little music therapy, and how to utilize social media to your advantage as an educator. Let's get ready. It's time for some Aka Education. It's the Aka Education Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 18 of the Aka Education Podcast, and I've got a special treat for all of you this week. I have social media superstar Paige Zilba here. Over 6 million followers on TikTok, over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and Instagram. She's dabbled in music therapy. She's a talented beatboxer and songwriter. You all know her. Paige Zilba, welcome to the Aka Education Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I teach middle school, my sixth graders, my seventh graders, they're kind of jealous that I'm actually having this conversation with you because they are all on TikTok and they follow you and they know who you are. So um, thank you for being a part of this and uh, answering some questions this week. So I teach, like I said, I teach uh, sixth and seventh grade and I have some students who are trying to beatbox now, but I was curious, when did you get started in your beatboxing? Yeah, sure. So I was in fifth grade and uh, all these boys were in the hallway beatboxing and some of them are rapping and then people were accompanying them with beatboxing. And I just thought, wow, like, what is that? That sounds really cool. And um, so I think uh, I just started beatboxing because I thought like it sounded cool. And for some reason, like I just had this like uh, understanding of rhythm. Um, I don't really know. Like some people just like hear the hear the melody or hear the harmonies like I've always just like felt the rhythm like the most strongly so I just kind of went home like every day and started practicing beatboxing and I'm not really sure why I was drawn to it other than I just kind of like felt it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um yeah that's just kind of how I got started and then I just kind of developed my own beat patterns and then when YouTube kind of came out I actually like went to YouTube to learn more like I'm like am I doing this right uh and I watched this guy he's one of my favorite beatboxers um and he's a very uh he gives very good tutorials his name was fat tony beatbox which is funny because he's like <laughs> not like a not like not his description of like his he doesn't look like his description at all but um, <laughs> which is funny so but he was um he's a very he's very good at giving tutorials about beatboxing so I watched him like throughout elementary school and middle school. And then I just kind of learned more from him and just kind of kept going with it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I, um, for me, you know, I was big on where in the world is Carmen San Diego, um, watching them perform. And then, uh, Wes Carroll of the house jacks at one point, and then kid beyond, you know, watching him perform. And, but I, as much as I could practice, I feel like I can never emulate what they were doing, even creating my own set of sounds. So um, with Fat Tony, you say that he had these tutorials. Was it basically like the way you set up your tutorials, you kind of give like a slower um, moment and then you kind of speed it up so that people watching can kind of build that. Is that how you essentially learned? 
actually, so no, he, I just, he kind of taught me um, just by repetition. So mm -hmm. I did learn to do repetition, but I think in my own style, I just thought um, even in my experience um, doing music therapy, I've learned that it is better to kind of just start slow and to just get like the mechanics of it down. And then once you kind of have like the sound down and you understand the pattern and then you can build on it and get faster. And I think even, um, I learned piano as a kid too. And I think my piano teacher also taught me that because uh, you know, the first thing you want to do is just like go fast. You just want to like oh, yeah. play it up speed because you're so determined to just get it right and get it. But it's like, you know, you have to just kind of work on work on gaining up to that first so like if you start slow and you practice it slow then you can master getting faster and faster mm -hmm. and were you involved in acapella groups as you continued uh, as you got older in high school and in college yes I did uh so I have a so funny story um I did in high school, I was, I never beatboxed in front of anyone until I got to high school because I was nervous that people would judge me or think I was weird or, or uh, be not accepting of the fact that I'm a female beatboxer because it was, it's a, you know, like a male dominated field, I would like to say. Um, but I was in high school and I was beatboxing in the hallway. I thought I was alone. And then <laughs> choir teacher overheard me and she said, you should try it for our acapella group. I said, oh, I'm not really like the best singer. I don't really know. And she said, no, I, I, you should try it as like the beatboxer without skipping a beat. Just like you should try out. I said, oh, I didn't know that was such a thing. So she said, why don't you come to our first concert and you can see what, what the beatboxer does. So I went and I saw this beatboxer perform in our acapella group. And I just was like, like, it was like love at first sight. I said, whoa, I did not even know you could do that. Like music, pop music and beatboxing were like my favorite things. So then... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so then I got into my acapella group in high school. It was called Tonal Temptations. Um, so here's a funny story about you because you were in the fault line. Yes, I was. <laughs> so um, when I was, there was a festival that you guys performed at. It was in Kettering, Ohio. It was the Kettering yep. Acapella festival and mm -hmm. that was my first time going to a festival as a beatboxer and I remember going to your concert and being and just being like so overwhelmed I you're I bought your CD I was like that was the first acapella CD I ever owned was the fall <laughs> that is amazing I'm like floored right now that is phenomenal <laughs> Yes. And so um, guess, guess when you emailed me, reached out and you said I was in the sing-off and I was like, I got to look him up because I know like every acapella group, I did so much research <laughs> I in love with acapella. And so when I saw the fault line, I said, no way. That was like my first favorite acapella group. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. I look a little different now. I mean, geez, we're talking a while ago. I had the emo hair and everything. It's a little different now, but <laughs> I, I am, I'm flattered now that you had, you bought our CD and that you were actually, you were a student at the time when uh, we were performing at Kettering. And that that festival, that Kettering festival is top notch. You know, Brody McDonald and the crew over there, they put together one hell of a festival. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so Great. it's so awesome that you were there and you, you saw me in all of my emo glory, I guess you could say. <laughs> so good and I I just like started falling in love with acapella and you guys you know are professional and I just thought whoa and I had your CD in my car like for at least five years like always listening to it that's amazing oh wow my now my students are really gonna be jealous of this <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome and yeah. um so I want to talk to you about 
your beatboxing style and it's it's clever the way that you do it. And I watch, you know, on your TikTok videos and your YouTube videos, you you throw humor into it as well. So where where do you get your ideas from? You know, I've seen you do the um beatbox the emoji or you know, you you take a bite of something and it's like, oh, what is what would that sound like? Or, you know, where do you get your ideas from when it comes to making your your content? That's a really good question. And most of the time, I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think my brain is always like creating things. And sometimes I do draw inspiration from people, um, other beatboxers, or um, I think beatbox emojis, to be honest, I think Spencer X had, has done that before. He did a me emoji thing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I was like, well, how can I make it my own? Because I don't like to like copy like exactly. So I was like, how can I make it my own? Or what are some different things? that I can like try and make a beat out of. And I just think that like, I'm just like always on the go. I've always just like doing something. My brain's always working. And so if I like, I'll see like a random household item. Like for example, I, I was at the stove one day and I turned it on and it was like clicking like to an even, <laughs> an even beat. And I just said, I just have to beatbox to that. I was like, this is great. So I just, um, or if something makes a good crunch, it just reminds me of like a of a uh, snare drum. And I just think I draw inspiration randomly. Oops, my lighting went out. Sorry, I use my computer light a lot. But um, so I draw like inspiration from just like random household items or anything that I think I could make like a beat a beat out of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, one, I think one of the first videos I saw, and this it's, I guess, I guess you call it a character is, uh, is Paigey. So, um, where did, <laughs> where did Paigey come from? Is that the inspiration from your fifth grade self? That is a very excellent question. Um, pa- cause I- we love her. I'm not going to lie. My kids love her. They, they think she's hilarious too. My, my five-year-old, my three-year-old love her. So oh, I'm so happy to hear that. So thank you so much because those are actually my favorite videos to create and it's they're really hard to film because it's so hard for me to keep a straight face and actually it's, I, I just uploaded a YouTube video today where I was reacting to some of my like older pagey videos um my inspiration for those I think yeah ever since I was a kid I've just always been I don't know I'm just like very silly and I'm just very I, I'm just very playful silly and childlike I've always I've always been that like don't ever lose your inner child kind of person and so I think um it just, I th- I was like, you know, I worked with kids for so long. I had a summer job in high school working with kids. And then in music therapy, I worked with kids and I'm childlike. So I think I just had the perfect recipe for creating just an odd kid <laughs> who's like randomly talented at things and says like random odd things that just make you giggle. And I think Paige's whole purpose is just to make you giggle and be like this, this, this odd kid. And I've always been around like kids who just say like, what an odd thing to say, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's like I said, those are my children. And when I, when they see your videos, they're just, they giggle and they laugh. And then, you know, I'm trying to, trying to get my five-year-old son to be able to start beatboxing a little bit. And my daughter's three and she kind of still has that like, oh, really dad kind of face. She's already kind of giving me the dad, like the attitude, <laughs> but oh, no. I think, I think I can convince her too. Um, but yeah, like Paigey is, is hilarious. I love it. And then the, like the mom and dad reactions, they're great too. Cause you're playing more than one character, you know? <laughs> And um, that kind of brings me into uh, the next thing I want to talk about. It's a nice segue. Um, uh, You know, the musical theater aspect or like even a theater background, you know, you make those videos, you're basically becoming three different people 
in, in one video. And the way you use social media is, um, is obviously top notch considering the amount of followers that you have. So currently with all the teachers, you know, teaching remotely um, and trying to find new ways to inspire and work with their students. So um, what are some positive ways that you could suggest using social media, any social media to engage teachers and students um, so they're more connected? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that, well, social media, first of all, um, is is really new to society. I know, I mean, YouTube has been around for a while, but I think in today's day and age with like TikTok and now Instagram has Reels, um, there, it's just, there's such a big community now online and kids are always online. And actually I've noticed that TikTok, you know, has hired, I don't know if I should say hired, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that because I'm not sure if they are hired, but I noticed that there's more like doctors, psychologists, um, just different kinds of professionals that are being educational on TikTok because they know that kids spend so much time on there. Um, and so because that there is this community on all these platforms, you know, there's like trends that happen or music trends or dance trends or even um, comedic trends. Um, I think that brings a sense of motivation for people to want to be a part of a trend. Um, so I think within the classroom, my personal opinion is that uh, social media, especially being in front of a camera, is something that's challenging to do, but it really is helpful in bringing somebody out of their comfort zone. Because, you know, in, in, in the world, when you go out, you're going to have moments in time, what, what, whatever profession you're in, where you're going to have to perform, uh, perform in front of people or present a project in front of people or have a presentation. And I think it's good to have that early practice in front of a camera, mm -hmm. just learning how to present things. Um, and an another cool element of social media, too, um, is how creative it can be. And uh, even if you're not following a trend per se, you can create something yourself that's just like educational, something that's brand new, something that's, you know, comedic, and it really makes you think outside of your comfort zone. Uh, so like, mm -hmm. for example, if there's like a class that's working on like an English project, so you have to do a project about a book you're reading you know you could kids could get together even if it's a fake tiktok they could get together and make build on a tiktok trend and make it about the book or something or have different character developments um, because it really does like help you be in somebody else's shoes helps you think outside the box you get some um perform um performing practice in front of people and you're working together as a team and as a group. And that's really important too, to take with you in a job someday. Uh, so yeah, I think that there's a lot of benefits to social media where I can understand that teachers can be, maybe would, would, would be wary about things, but I think that there is a lot of benefit. You know, one of the things that you had just said, actually, that I think is very interesting is talking about like a fake TikTok. So, I mean, you know, understanding how the social media itself works and the specific programs work, you could still create fake templates. So mm -hmm. students aren't necessarily accessing those programs, but they're kind of getting a feel for it or a sense of it um, and making learning a little bit more fun, creating, you know, these, um, these fake Instagram templates or fake Facebook templates or TikTok or whatever you say. So I hopefully, you know, for educators that are listening, they know that if they're wary of using actual social media um, and having their students use social media, there is the, the fake version where they can just use it strictly for class. So I like that you brought that up because I think that's kind of important. So I want to talk about your songwriting skills because uh, you're, you're kind of like, you're, you're a 
you do it all pretty much. You know, you have the comedic, you got the, the beatboxing, you got the songwriting, very musically inclined. Um, you know, you just released a new single not that long ago, uh, Relax, which is very good, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. Um, absolutely. Uh, so the songwriting is something that I know that a lot of my colleagues try and approach in, say, a music theory class or even a general music class. So um, how did you get started with songwriting and what are some suggestions or tips for, you know, some young students who are looking to become songwriters or teachers looking to actually try and teach it in the classroom? Sure. Um, so songwriting can be intimidating at first, and it was intimidating to me also to write lyrics. Um, I first started out in songwriting when I was taking piano lessons in fifth grade. <laughs> Everything started in fifth grade. <laughs> but um, yep. so I was taking piano lessons and I um, was just learning the basics of like the notes and um just like where everything is on the piano. And uh, my mom just knew I was really into it. So she bought me my first uh, Yamaha keyboard. And that had all these fun buttons of like drums and drum fills and different sound effects. So I, I just started writing like techno instrumental music, uh, not even following like music theory. But it's kind of funny when I listen back to the things I wrote, like in <laughs> elementary school, I was like, oh, there actually are elements of like stuff in there that I never, I didn't know music theory, but I can hear that. I kind of knew something. <laughs> right. Um, but so I just started off just like expressing myself on what sounded good musically, you know, and it didn't have to follow something with music theory. You know, I just kind of was like, oh, I like that. I like how these notes sound together. I like jumping mm -hmm. this note to this one and playing around with the different drums or the different sound effects. And then um, it wasn't until later, maybe in middle school that I thought hmm, I should write some songs that have some lyrics to it. And initially I started writing songs that were about like advice, kind of, um, very, very like family friendly, like just, uh, I don't know. I, I can't really think of like on the top is, it's just like songs about advice about life and how to stay positive and just go after your dreams and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, because I didn't really have much personal experience, and then the older I've gotten, I, I've had more personal experiences over time that I can write about now. And so I think the best advice I can give is that really, you should always write lyrics from the heart and what you're feeling, even if it makes you feel a little vulnerable, just if it's with you and your instrument and the page, or just you and the page, or just you and the instrument, that it's okay to be vulnerable. And music is a place where you can do that. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I agree. I think teaching middle school and even, you know, working with some high school students when they were in the buildings, I noticed that a lot of them, when it comes to singing other people's music, they're, they're comfortable with that. But when it comes to something that is very deep and personal, um, sharing it with others gets very nerve wracking. Sure. And um, how, how have you like, you mentioned stage fright earlier. How have you kind of got, gotten over that to be able to share, you know, to be able to feel comfortable releasing your own music and, and putting your words out there? Sure. Well, in my personal experience, um, I'm actually pretty cautious. Um, I still have some reservations about being too personal. So, I'm, and when I'm songwriting something, um, even though I might know of a person I'm thinking of or know of a situation I have, I think my, my lyrics even they're true to how I'm feeling, but I try to stay away from using like he or her or a, like certain things that are just particular to me. Because mm -hmm. I think when I'm writing, I said, you know, I want someone else to listen to it and feel like they can relate to, to what 
I'm singing about. And they can write their own story to my music. So while I understand what I wrote, I understand my situation or the person I'm writing about, but I don't want to impose it so everyone else has to, has to feel about the person I'm talking about. I want them to put their own person to who to my music, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, absolutely, yeah. It yeah, makes perfect so, sense. Yeah, and I think in stage fright, it just takes some practice performing in, in a, you know, performing one-on-one with somebody and then performing in a small group and then performing for an even larger group. And so you just kind of work your way up to that. And it's okay to be vulnerable and you'd be really surprised how many people feel the same way that you do about a situation. Mm-hmm. So in terms of releasing music, have you thought about doing a beatboxing comedy, like kind of little album of just a bunch of uh, not necessarily compilation things from your your uh, content, but expanding on what you have done. I mean, because TikTok, you only get, you know, a minute to really kind of show a video. I know that you have this like awesome light up like square thing <laughs> that I've seen in your videos lately, yeah. which like blows my mind. And um, I feel like you've done, you know, some, I, I guess I want to say vocoding with it and added some like drum beats. Like it looks like a really cool instrument that you use. Um, have you thought about like creating something like um, with your beatboxing and your comedic talents to, you know, put out there as well? Yeah, well, thanks. So this thing, it's over, it's over here. It's it's under some stuff right now, <laughs> but um, it's um, that's called my Ableton machine. I don't know Ableton, Ableton Push. It's called. Okay. So- um, yes, that thing I actually learned in one of my music therapy jobs. Um, because we had a grant that allowed us to receive instruments there at our program, and we've received this Ableton, and so I got to work with my students using this, and then I. And then I got one myself, my personal one, because I was like, I nice. love it. So, but basically in this program, I can um, uh, record some beatboxing, like I'll record like a kick drum and then a like a hi-hat and then snare. I can record them separately and then I can assign them to a button on the machine. And so when I press it, then it will, every time I touch it, it will do that sound. And so I can nice. make rhythms and um but yeah I do think that um I was it's funny you say that because I was thinking about that the other day how um I could I was thinking about creating like cool hip-hop kids stuff <laughs> because oh that would be awesome yeah because Paigey is like because Paigey's people seem to like it and I was like well Paigey created like a kids album like I would mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think get I- on that <laughs> Yeah, thank you. But I was thinking about that. I think that would be really cool. And um, yeah, the the thing with Ableton, you, you mentioned uh, music therapy, having music therapy jobs, which to me is fascinating. And I, I do want to ask you a little bit about that because um, music therapy seems to be a profession that is slowly uh, on the rise. Uh, a lot more people are diving into that. Um, could you just describe your experiences with music therapy, what it entails, um, so people out there can get an understanding of it? Yeah, sure. Uh, music therapy is a very rewarding field. And if you want to think of it, of it it's kind of encompasses u- using music to achieve non-musical goals. So it's kind of like speech and occupational therapy, but music is the medium. Um, and I, music therapists work on goals in areas of like communication skills, academic skills, motor skills, emotional regulation, um, and even sometimes music skills and social skills. So 
I'm working on all those different types of skills and peoples with and people with disabilities um, by using music. So in my experience with it, uh, I've worked with a lot of different populations, but uh, my most recent ones, I was working with adults with developmental disabilities, and I was also working with children with various disabilities. This ranged from um, cerebral palsy to autism spectrum disorder. So I was working with a lot of preschool kids too, right before uh, COVID had happened. I was working in a preschool. Mm-hmm. So, and it's really a, a rewarding field, and I use a lot of different instruments um, with, with my kiddos. I'll use kiddos for for my example now because it's more fresh in my brain um but it's really amazing having uh music as the medium because really music does light up your whole brain so when you listen or play music like every area of your brain lights up and it's engaged so Mm -hmm. it's you know i use music to work on like i said communication skills or academics so learning letters and numbers um learning how to follow directions or learning your colors um and also in group settings uh, music therapy has been really effective in people working together to achieve a musical goal or a group songwriting experience or a group music playing experience um so I've had a I've had a lot of special moments with a lot of my clients, and I think my preschoolers were my favorites to work with, just because I love kids. <laughs> I That's am. awesome. <laughs> you you are you are yeah you're the embodiment of a child. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I you know I wish I wish I knew more about music therapy while I was you know going for education because I think that would be something that I would totally have kind of slid into, dove into a little bit more, and. Um, you know, you and I were having a conversation before we started the podcast about uh, we have a great program uh, here in New York State. Um, it's called the Center for Discovery, and they have like this great program for like everything. And um, I have a few friends of mine. I actually taught their children in the previous district that I worked in who are licensed musical therapists. And uh, I got to work with their choir once. And, uh, cool. and it was like a six-member choir. Um, they they put on their own musicals, uh, like truncated musicals of like the Lion King. Like they do some like really cool stuff. So and watching the joy that comes from them when they're performing and just um, you know, watching even nonverbal communicators, you know, being able to use a button that, you know, plays a sound for them, you know, to kind of get them involved as well. It's, it's, it's one of the coolest things that I've seen. And right? I think it's awesome that you're a part of that as well. And that <laughs> you get to make a difference, make a difference in people's lives, um, you know, using music. I think that's just freaking awesome. Like, I, I love it. So that. Um, really interesting because with this Ableton machine, um, like what you were um, saying with people who are nonverbal, um, that's part of the, that's part of the reason we, we got these Ableton machines at my job was because I was able to, even if they made a small sound or used um, body percussion by clapping or snapping or tapping on something, I could assign that sound to a button and then make music out of like their sound. So it's kind of like giving them a voice. Uh, it was a really cool thing to, to use that machine and they got really in tune to working with it and they knew what it was and what it did uh so and they got really inspired to make music because even if they couldn't um you know sing a full sentence if they could just go uh i could make that into like a rap beat and they'd be like mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> so, that's so cool yeah that is fun that's so but cool. also kudos to you for being for being an educator though too i mean you know you're changing people's lives every day too thank you Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, again, it's like full circle, you know, you apparently you saw me many years ago, 
you know, beatboxing. And now, you know, you're making a difference in, in uh, children's lives, you know, uh, doing music therapy, me teaching. So it's, it's really come full circle being able to give back to yeah. a younger generation, which is awesome. Right. Um, all right. I gotta, I gotta get into, you know, the, uh, the TikTok stuff. Cause I, I had um, a couple questions cause I've been watching some of these videos and I'm trying to figure it out still. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, the, the beatboxing and speaking at the same time thing you got, you know, you got the gummy bear song going on. You got all like, how, like, what what do you do to make it? I'm like over here and like I'm about to like choke on my spit trying to figure it out. So how do you do it? Well, so for that one, the, a lot of times it's easier it's easier to speak on words that are also a beatbox sound. So for mm. example, any word that starts with the letter B, like baby, is a good one um, because you can say a kick drum as you say it, like baby. Right. Oh, if you had baby. Baby. So it kind of, you know, it kind of works because that's a beast. So with gummy bear, that one's a little bit more tricky. Oh, my light went out. There you go. So it's a little bit more tricky, but um, this one is like a rim shot sound. So um, where you say like a boot and k, so that K is going outwards with your air. But if you kind of mm. go, it's not like you're breathing in air. Because an inward snare is like you're breathing in air and it goes into your lungs. But a rim shot, it's like, it still is kind of like a inward sound, but there's not really any air that's passing through. So for that one, mm. it's like the back of your tongue is like sucking to the back of your throat almost or the or the or your soft palate. And then you kind of like snap, snap it down. Yeah. So at the same time, though, if you open up if you open up your, um, oh my gosh, <laughs> you open up your throat, basically, mm -hmm. uh, your vocal cords to go, <laughs> so it kind of like makes a funny noise, but, uh, mm -hmm. so at the same time as you snap down and you make a pitch, then that creates mm -hmm. a, that. so when I say gummy bear, I go, gummy bear. <laughs> and you just use your, the front of your mouth to shape the different, vowels and consonants um mm. in it so let me there <laughs> um i'm like watching i'm watching this happen and i just you know i have to say it because i remember uh and i know I, I have other beatboxing friends like you you can't be afraid of looking a little different or a little awkward oh, yeah. when you're beatboxing you know so and i'm, I'm watching you do it and you're, you're like eh, and like I'm a um, I like gummy bear. I like. That's it. Oh, uh, did I do it? You, All right, cool. Like, but I'm watching, and you're like, it's it's so weird to manipulate the the mask of the face when you you've been used to it, used to doing it a specific way, like right. your whole time. So you have to like reteach yourself. So sorry, you were continue. Oh, you were that's okay. You were teaching me. Uh, so no, but you but you got it. And I knew you would get it because because you also yes. be bugs. So it just takes a yeah. it takes a second, like you said, to get a different formation of something. It's off, it's often like speech. 
Uh, and you know, mm -hmm. Kayla Milady, she's out there in New York and she works with kids too who have speech impediments and she uses beatboxing to help them, uh, which is mm -hmm. really, really cool. And so, cause there's a lot that goes in with like learning speech and beatboxing because you are using consonants. And, and also like, I know a lot of people use like the term boots and cats to teach beatboxing, but a lot of times I like to teach it by uh, the individual consonants in the alphabet, uh, because that way your brain is more creative of thinking, how can I rearrange different consonants in the alphabet to create a beat instead of phrases? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because I, I always, when I try and teach my younger students, I tell them, um, I, I say glorified consonant pronunciation, <laughs> and because it's kind of what it is, but then um, verbal A's, like verbal ace who's on, uh, you know, TikTok. I watch him and I watch some of his videos and he's literally writing it out. Yeah. And like, you see what he has written, all these consonants. And then you listen to him do it. And you're like, oh, that's what he's saying, <laughs> you know? And it's, it's really cool to see that mind and that process go into it uh, using just, you know, the consonant sounds that we have. So yes. I'm hoping that like, you know, with my students that I teach or anybody who's listening to this podcast, trying to teach beatboxing that they consider, you know, the consonant, uh, using the use of consonants since, you know, we're as choral educators, we're so stuck on making sure we're teaching IPA and, you know, making mm -hmm. sure we have proper vowel placement in our music. But now, you know, you're glorifying this consonant pronunciation to really teach beatboxing, which I think, right. uh, I think a lot more people could actually teach it better if they knew that. Right. And so. also with singing too, because um, you're talking about vowel placement, but um, if you know, the more beatboxing you do in consonants and, you know, beep, what if you did that as like a, I'm just thinking now it's like a choir warm up. So that way, like mm. when you're, when there's consonants at the end of a word, like a T or an S or a P or something that needs to be heard while you're singing, you know, people might, your students might be more like aware of that. Like since if they warmed up with some like beatboxing and, and stuff and over enunciating consonants. Mm. Right. Oh, wow. This is like, this has been just a fun conversation. <laughs> I have had like Great. so much fun. Um, before we head out, um, because, well, it's more for me, it's not for my students, but I was wondering if you could, uh, you know, give a little performance um, yeah, sure. of some awesome, some of the awesome that is Paige Zilba. <laughs> Sure, sure. Well, we'll see how it goes because I don't know with the sound of Zoom, but um, you can let me know if you don't hear it. <laughs> um, but yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I, I like, <laughs> seriously, like, I mean, a couple weeks ago we had, you know, MC beats, we had uh, ultrasonic, we had uh, Mel Danicky and we have like female beatboxers are, are so strong. And like, you're, you're really, I think not only that you're kind of really showing a younger generation of, of females that like this can be done. And I think that's amazing, you know, and like I said, ultrasonic was on a couple of weeks ago. She's only 13 years old, She's amazing, you know, and, and she's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, MC beats is another phenomenal beatboxer. Yeah. Mel Danicky in a couple of groups. Like I think just like you, the four of you and actually back when I did America's got talent, there was a uh, performer on there. Her name was butterscotch. And uh, I, I think butterscotch. 
You, you know her too? Yeah, see, like she was just amazing as well. And she's still out there performing. Like there is a lot of power in, in female beatboxing. And I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're a part of that and, and making a name for yourself, but also enriching the minds of other, a younger generation of females who can look at this and say, holy crap, I want to do that. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, so, so well, thank you. Well, thank you. That's so kind. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, Paige, it has been, well, one, it has been an honor to have you here on the podcast. And uh, it's been a double honor that you own the Fault Line CD, um, which uh, I can go and tell the other guys now be like, guys, get this. Like, I, I'm just, it has, it has been great. Uh, thank you. Paige Zilba, thank you so much for joining us on the Aka Education Podcast this week. Thank you so much for having me. Likewise, it was an honor to be here and an honor to meet you because you know what? You just, you never know who you, who you inspire and you know, you, you and your group inspired me when I was younger and you know, it's just the chain reaction. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to like tear up. I'm like, I'm really, I'm <laughs> so happy that, that I had the opportunity to meet you and, and find this out. Cause that is just so cool. <laughs> Oh man. Um, well, you can find Paige on, you know, all social media platforms. Um, I'm going to post them on the episode description link uh, for this episode. We'll be right back. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is Justin from the Aka Education Podcast here to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is what I use to create these podcasts. And let me tell you, it's free. Uh, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And the beauty of it is we'll distribute the podcast for you. So I can record on Anchor and it's going to send it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all these other places as well. And I love that I can make money from this podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome back to the Aka Education Podcast. Listen, everybody, I have to say, these last five months, bringing you episodes week in and week out has been such a pleasure. It's been This has been a passion project of mine for, for quite some time, and I'm glad that I'm able to actually do it and share it and have you all listening to it. I hope you've gained more knowledge. I know that I have. I've met new people. I've, I've learned so much. And I'm hoping 2021 brings the same. With that being said, I'm looking to make things bigger in 2021, and I could use your help. If you go to my Anchor website, anchor.fm slash podcast, and you click on support, you can become a monthly supporter of the Aka Education Podcast. You can choose between 99 cents a month, 4.99 a month, or 9.99 a month. Totally up to you. But what your contribution will bring is the opportunity for me to bring in some more guests, to actually bring out merchandise for all of you, to have more contests, to be able to make this podcast and this experience more interactive for you. Another way that we can make it more interactive is if you actually go to that Anchor website, there is also a link that says messages. And you can click on that link and you can leave me a voice message telling me what you think about the podcast, good or bad, uh, asking any questions, giving me um, episode suggestions, what to talk about, whatever you feel like spilling, you can throw into that message, into those messages. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for making this podcast a success for me. And thank you to every guest that I've had so far this year and who I'm going to have for the rest of this year. And 
I'm looking forward to 2021. So please consider making a monthly donation and becoming a supporter of the Aka Education Podcast. Again, that website is anchor.fm slash Aka Ed Podcast and click on support. I'm not going to lie, that was so much fun to record. I'd like to thank Paige Zilba for joining me this week on the Aka Education Podcast. Make sure you check her out on her social media accounts. She is a rising star and you will love her. Be sure to check out the links in our episode description for resources that we discussed in today's podcast. Check us out on social media, Aka Ed Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. Be sure if you haven't done so already to subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified when a new episode is posted every week. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Music Podcasts, and we're also on Anchor. You can also now check us out on Akaville Radio, akaville.org. Feel like donating to support this podcast? Check out the link in the episode description for more information. And last, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the podcast, be sure to email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Justin Glodish. I'll see you soon.